Hello and welcome back to a new podcast. I'm your host Natalia and we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy. In this podcast we take the sermon a little further and go a little more deeper. So hi Pastor Jeremy, tell me how you feel. Hi Natalia, it's great to be back. And what do you have for us this morning? I'm just going to read a line from the sermon. You said, "Getting to the top in the kingdom of God means getting to the bottom in this world." How about you explain that line a little more? Yes, thanks for that question. That requires elaboration because it is pregnant with meaning. It has so much within it and so many different directions that conversation could go. I brought it up not as the main thing of our theme for Sunday morning, but primarily to mark the difference between a biblical method or a kingdom method of God to become great and a worldly method to become great. That is the gist of what we were saying in that statement there. There is a lot again I'm saying there's a lot to talk about but I'm just throwing this one thing out and that is there is a method to greatness and Jesus teaches that in his passage in the end of uh, chapter 9 of gospel of mark there is a method to greatness in the kingdom of god and there is a method to greatness here on earth the method to greatness here on earth you are well averse with you are familiar with it it is competition it is crushing your competitors is crushing your enemies it's ensuring that you are skilled in every possible way it's ensuring that you are first in line you make it to the top crawl your way step on whoever there are ways to do that here on earth and depending on which line of work you're in depending on where you're at promotion achievement a lot of it as people say is in your hands you have to realize it you have to dream it you have to make it happen you have to gun for it you have you know visualize it and you have to go after it there will be enemies there will be haters there will be other people who you know who are competitors but you've got to make it happen now all of that is fine it's fine and that's probably how the world wants to do it but we are not talking about doing god's kingdom method here on earth we're talking about doing the worldly way of thinking we're talking about using the worldly methods of work and success to do god's work i hope you got that we're talking about ministry and serving the lord and being great in the kingdom of god we're talking about being first in heaven we're talking about being validated affirmed and recognized in heaven for our contribution for our life on earth you cannot do god's work in man's wisdom or man's strength or even man's ways god's ways are higher than man's ways god's thoughts are higher than our thoughts God's economy is inverted when it comes to greatness and if you are going to be great in the kingdom of God you need to be least in the kingdom of God least among people least among God's purposes when God wants you to do something he expects servanthood he expects nothingness he expects a, a commitment to nothingness where do you see this where do we learn this Jesus we learn it from Christ now Jesus came into this world and he wanted to do something amazing but the method he chose was god's way because he was doing god's work so if you choose god's way to accomplish something on earth like for instance you want to be an astronaut and you want to come first or you want to be a topper let's say in iit or you can't do that by sitting around and being nobody you've got to work your tail off you've got to study you've got to compete you've got to train you've got to skill yourself you've got to enter into competition you got to take rejection you got to take no for an answer you've got to probably fail many many times before so you've got to push yourself forward that's the worldly way 
So if you're trying to win a race, if you're trying to do something earthly, you got to do it the earthly way, which is by competition, by strength, by skill. By... So I'm not taking that away from you. I am asking you, I am talking about the greatness in the kingdom of God. When we take ministry, for instance, when we take God's work, God's attitude towards life, eternity, God's attitude towards valuables in our life, when, we, when we're talking about the will of God in our life, we have to consider how God thinks. So you cannot use worldly strategies, worldly ways of thinking, worldly resources and worldly mindsets to win or to become great in the kingdom of God, in God's economy. There's a lot more thinking and explanation that needs to follow this. This cannot stop here. The first question you're going to ask me is, okay, if you're saying that I don't appropriate that method to my worldly life, my career, my race, my projects, then doesn't God expect me to be of service, to be humble? Doesn't God expect me to be nice to people? Doesn't God expect me to be honest? Yes, we're not talking about character. We're not talking about character. We're, character needs to be Christ-like across the board. If you're running a race, if you're sitting for an exam, if you're doing a project, if you are going into a competition, if you want to be a champion here on earth, no matter what you want to do here on earth, character is never up for debate. It's never up for debate. A believer, a Christian, must always live highest values in the sight of the world, in the sight. So that is not the compromise we're making. And uh, that, that is not to be compromised. That is not even in question. But there are ways to do it. And you have to compete. You have to come first. You have to reach the cut. You get what I'm saying? You have to reach the cutoff percentage to get into college. You cannot just sit back and say, oh, I want to be a nobody because I want to be great in the kingdom of God. Being a nobody on earth is just that, being a nobody on earth. If you want to be somebody in the kingdom of God, you've got to be a nobody in the kingdom of God. You've got to be a nobody in ministry. You've got to be a nobody in in God's work, which means you are not looking for favor. You're not looking for, for a recognition. You're not looking for rewards. You're not looking for affirmation in God's work. When we serve God, we serve God blindly. We serve God with closed ears. We serve God out of gratitude for the cross. We serve God because we are willing to be, become nothing for His sake, for His name's sake, for His glory. And that glory will shine in heaven, not on earth. So you and I are living two lives. We are living, literally living double lives. I am, let's say, an engineer or an accountant or a chartered accountant, let's say. I, I'm a regular guy. I have a family. I have a job. I have a car. I have a house. I have payments. I have mortgage. I've got, I've got uh, my career. And I've got to do well. I've got to do well. And then I've got a ministry and a calling on my life. And when it comes to serving in the church, you are a nobody. You need to be willing to serve at any level for anything for free. When it comes to serving in the world, it's a whole different concept. So you and I have a little bit of a dilemma. Let's say you're doing very well in the world. Let's say you are at the top of your game. You're an IAS officer. You're highly respected or you are in, in power either in the media, in business or in the education sector. You could have been very well accomplished. And I, I said in the sermon that the definition of greatness and success here on this earth is how many people serve you, not how many people you serve. 
So you could be doing very well, but my brother, my sister, the moment you walk into the community of God's people, the moment you walk into God's arena of ministry, you are nothing. You're nobody. You are to be nobody if you want to be great in the kingdom of God. And that is something you need to learn and I need to learn how to do. You may be big brass as far as the world is concerned, but we don't bring that qualification and trump that in the church. We don't walk around in the church flaunting our earthly accomplishments. Are you beginning to see what I'm saying? You don't walk around expecting respect and honor. And James really smashes this. He, he goes to town with, on this one topic. He says, you give the best seats in the house to these guys who are the big shots in the world today in government and, and media and they've got money. And then you tell the poor person, go, you sit at the back over there. So when you walk into God's economy, when you're on God's turf, if you want to be great, you've got to be a nobody. You've got to be willing to serve anybody. Service is not just willingness to do anything. Service is being willing to serve anyone. And that's where the huge difference is. And let me tell you, as someone who's been in ministry for several years now, the litmus test of servanthood, the litmus test of the servant spirit is when you get treated like a servant. So you could be a big brass in the world, you could be an amazing hero or whatever. But when you come into God's economy, onto God's turf, into the Lord's house, people will see you serving and then they will treat you like a servant because they don't know any better. And how you respond to being a servant will determine how God rewards you in heaven. How you respond to continuing faithfully as a servant in God's economy how you zip your mouth, how you put your nose to the grind, how you stay faithful in the ministry, how you stick to your calling no matter what, that is what will determine God's view of you when it comes to greatness in his kingdom. And all of this is just in a nutshell. This is to be a lifetime pursuer of understanding. This is something we need to be seeking God because it is the character of Christ. It is, it, that's how he thinks. Paul says, well, you have been given the mind of Christ. You have been given the mind of Christ. So for God Almighty, who spoke the worlds into existence, to step down into creation, lie in a manger, be looked down on by donkeys and by cattle in the shed, and by all sorts of shepherds and all sorts of nobodies, and for him to become nothing, Philippians chapter 1 and 2, so that you and I could be what we are today in Christ. That is the mindset we are called to. So you are to live life with a good character, but aspire to anything you want. You can be anything you want. You can believe anything you want, etc., 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 in this world. But to be something in God's economy, you've got to lay all of that aside. Lay all of that aside. It is a problem. It is a problem when people walk into church walk into ministry, and their credentials for being up on stage, their credentials for giving their testimony is because they used to be or are some big shot in the world. Their testimony seems to have more weight because they're a big shot in the world, not because of how God has changed their life, not because of their repentance, not because of their brokenness. I'm not going to take names, but you have seen this happen, haven't you? You've seen this as a problem in church. And this is where that mindset comes to play. 
And the other extreme is when you do humble yourself and you do serve, you're going to get treated like a servant. What are you going to do when that happens? Great. And what about ambition? Ambition must be taken very seriously because it is a gift from God. And not everybody has ambition. So those who do should not waste it. Ambition is something that is respectable. It's worthy of respect. And uh, again, you come at it in two ways. There is ambition in the world. I want to be the best whatever. I want to be the best author. I want to be the best communicator. These are great. I want to go to the top in my company. I want to start three businesses by the end of decade. You can have some amazing ambitions and by all means, go for it. By all means, go for it. Within character that Christ allows, within confines of character that Christ allows. Ambition on, in the world would be just that. And you'd want motivation, you'd want you know, self-talk, you'd want skilling. Ambition is not wrong at all. Ambition is beautiful. It is God's gift. And provided it has you know, the, the help of everybody around you, and you are not you know, narcissistic when it comes to that, it's absolutely fine. And you would apply the same rules we, we just talked about. Now, here's the problem. When you are ambitious in the world, you can actually do it on your own, even without God. And there's ample evidence of that. Most people are succeeding without God's help. You can reach your ambition. And every inspiring cliche applies. I mean, you, you can be whatever you want to be. If you believe in yourself, you know, whatever. So ambition is that. Now, here's the problem with ambition in ministry. When you, when you start deciding what God should accomplish in your life, you have lost it. You have completely lost it. So it is very delicate because a servant doesn't have an ambition for his life. A servant has no plan for his life. A servant's call is to be there within earshot of the master and be available. When the master sends you out for a task, you go, you finish the task and get back to your post as soon as possible in order to hear the next. And if he doesn't say, say anything, give you anything for another couple of years, you just stand there and you be prepared and you be available to your master. And your greatest joy on earth is not what you do for the master, but that you are there to do something for the master and that you are available. You're clean, you're sharp, your instruments are sharp, your mind is sharp, and you are maintaining a good communication with your master that's all a servant wants. A servant does not have ambitions. A master does. So when you walk into ministry, when you start talking about the kingdom of God, we are not to start designing or having ambition in our lives for ministry. We are to make ourselves available and be faithful, and God is the one who decides how he wants to use us. Now, the first question you're going to ask me is, well, what about faith targets? What about faith targets, giving faith or accomplishing, you know, you want to do something for God and in faith you set out to do something for God. Yeah, you, again, you're talking worldly. You're talking worldly. You're talking about building a church building. You're talking about, you know, starting up businesses in order to give a tithe to the, to the gospel. You're talking about worldly ways. Then, then go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. You could still do that in your own strength. But when it comes to kingdom matters, that is kingdom fruit, kingdom strategies, kingdom enemies, and kingdom time, when it comes to these matters, God is in control and we don't set neither the agenda nor the pace. We don't set it. And if you go into ministry thinking you're going to make a plan, if you go into the kingdom of God and you, you decide that this is what you're going to accomplish by 20 years of age, 30 years of age, 40 years of age, you have a huge surprise coming. Moses wasn't used till he was eight. And then next 40 years, he was the greatest 
leader who ever lived. Jesus, nothing, nothing till the age of 30. Okay, Joshua, nothing till the age of 25. And a lot of the great leaders, a lot of the men of God, women of God in scriptures, God assigned for a moment, just just a moment. They flash onto the screen, flash onto the stage, they flash off. That's it. And you're talking about it till this day, thousands of years later. Faithfulness is about being in the right posture with God and being available to God for however he chooses to use you. Am I saying that we don't make any plans in ministry? No. Are we saying that we don't strategize, don't budget, don't have any goals? I'm not saying that. But here's where the servant spirit comes in. We strategize, we budget, we raise funds, we recruit people, we train people, we work as if it depends on us. But then we leave the outcomes to God. We take a servant-minded approach when it comes to the outcomes to God. Because only God has the right to use us or not use us. We cannot turn to the porter and say, what are you doing? What are you doing with this? You know, I don't like the speed with which you're doing. You need to work faster or you need to take it slower. I would love to hear your comments and thoughts on this because all of us struggle in this area. Not only do we struggle in this area, we struggle in our earthly lives and ambitions because we expect God to spill over into our earthly lives and ambitions and give us success there in our time and we want it now. So in ministry, we want to see fruit immediately and we want to see earthly kind of results. In our earthly lives, we want to see heavenly kind of results and we want God to go to work. And we think that just because we are believers that God should give us extra success in our professions and careers more than everybody else. And we call that blessing. So there's a lot that we need to step back and take a good look at the way we think when it comes to ambition. Bottom line, ambition is good. But in the kingdom of God, faithfulness is better. That's a lot to chew on and we'd love to hear what you're thinking. So write to us at pscjeremy at gmail.com or if you're listening to this on YouTube, maybe comment. And we'll see you in the next podcast.